All right. Welcome to another episode of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. Coming to you live and in person via recorded um, thing. So I've got some good news and some uh, bad news for you. The bad news is that everybody's favorite person, uh, Kirsty, is not with us this week. The official uh, historian, the official um, translator, she's not with us this week. She's on her break. But I have some great news for everybody because with me on the line, is the official flip-flop thong horseshite guru, the Zulu Lulu himself, <laughs> Matthew in Kansas City. Matthew, are you with me? I'm with you. How are you? <laughs> doing good. Doing good. I, I was going to say, are you with us? So I could try to confuse you again, but <laughs> yeah. uh, well, there we go. There we go. So, this week we have another Megadeth episode for you. We're actually this is the this is week three in a row, and I believe Matthew, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. two two things actually. Okay, I'll just say right away what we're going to talk about because people will already know when they see the picture. We're talking about the Megadeth album called Risk, and the the day that this episode comes out is Tuesday. And on that same Friday, this coming Friday, if you're hearing it when it's released the same week, this coming Friday, the new Megadeth album comes out. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. And and not only that, Matthew, but I learned this um, is that Monday, or sorry, Tuesday will be August 30th. Mm -hmm. August 31st, 1999, I believe it was. Is the year this that when this album was released? Ninety nine. <laughs> I can't remember now. Ah, oh, come on! I've slipped once or twice since this came out. I, I just pulled it up too. Here, hold on, I got it right here in front of me. Uh, yeah, August thirty first, nineteen ninety nine. So this is one day short of the would that be thirty one year anniversary of Risk coming out? Came out no twenty one year anniversary. I'm sorry, twenty twenty two year twenty one. If it came out in 99, that'd be 23 that'd years. 23. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yeah. So, this birthday has a, this album has a birthday, is if I can talk right. Do you, I was going to say, do you think the people will be celebrating this? I think some people will. I mean, I, I don't, yeah, I mean, uh, maybe not a lot of them, but you know, big, some. big birthday wishes. They'll all be singing happy birthday risk. Yeah, maybe so. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out if either of us will be or either of us will be. So, mm-hmm. so, um, <clears throat> Usually Kirsty is here to be a buffer for this question, mm. but in a, we're going to do a, do a new segment. I know told, two weeks ago, I told you I wanted to say this to you and you told me to save it. Right. Oh, that's right. So I don't even know what this new segment's going to be. I was like, <laughs> yeah. what's he talking about? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I oh, you'll say, you'll say know, it. you'll know when I say it, what I'm talking about. Okay. So this week I want you, Matt, to tell me yeah. what has the internet been telling you to listen to this week? <laughs> Oh, is that what you've been waiting for? Yeah. Like, do you know what? What has the internet been telling me to listen to? <laughs> I don't know. Well, in a roundabout sort of way, someone on the internet did have an influence on what I listened to, but I'll get to that in a second. Okay. Um, I started the week uh, with some ZZ Top, which I never ever do for some reason. Okay. I felt like listening to that. I wanted something that's a little bit out of my element, not too much, but just a bit. Yeah. 
So Eliminator, I went to that because I thought, oh, that's a that was a pretty big album and they had a, a really good reception. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew some of the songs and I liked some of the songs. And I was like, some of these other songs, I just don't get. They're like head scratching with bad. <laughs> but maybe that's just because it was 80s songs in the 80s and they just haven't stood out. Could be. But I was like, yeah, I don't think I'll come back to that. <laughs> um, but one band, I don't know, you'll know of them. I don't know if you've ever heard them so i think it's tribuzi or tribuzi or something i've heard of it i've heard of it i think bruce has sang on an album of that he did so i don't know i had a song saved in my um in a playlist that i had or in my favorites or something (laughs) and i'd listened to it i can't remember what it was called i was like i'm gonna go listen to this album because i didn't realize it was bruce in there i just saw the name and this uh, the album was called execution Okay. And this was a really, really cool album, as it turned out. I didn't realize who was in it, but apparently when I went and had a bit of a look, so Roy Z's involved, you know, Bruce is involved, Michael Keesk, because I was like, this sounds like Mike, Michael Keesk, or Keesk mm-hmm. yeah. singing. Ralph Sheepers, he's been in a few bands. Um, what are your mates? Chris Dale? Chris Dale. I was going to ask you if Chris Dale was yep. on that. I know he he's had been a, involved with him, yeah. Yeah, he had a credit. <laughs> Kiko, is it Lariro? Now of Megadeth. Ooh, Nice. Yep, uh, Roland Grappow of um, Halloween and Master Plan, and okay. it was, I really enjoyed it. But the song that Bruce was on, and I think it's like the last track on the album, uh-huh. it was great. I, I got to the end of the album and listened to that about three times, that, that last <laughs> Very... song, because he sounds really, really good in this. I, if I remember right, it's around 2005, four, five, six, something oh, like cool. that. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, I have heard of I have heard of that because I've seen – uh, I've seen Chris Dale post about it on, yeah. on you know, the tribute thing and um, the guy that does it and everything. So, yeah, that's that's cool. That's yeah. good. To, that's good to hear that it's a good album. That was a, a nice surprise. Uh, some Machine Head. Uh, I listened to Bloodstone and Diamonds. I hadn't listened to that for quite some time. And I'm a bit of a not a big Machine Head fan, but I, I do like Rob Flynn's voice. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like that album. I think it's pretty cool. OK, so what did the Internet tell me <laughs> to listen to? What else well, did it tell you to listen to? Well, <laughs> so Mark was on the internet uh, the last couple of weeks, and yes. he had said a couple of weeks ago he'd listened to some uh, Kill Switch Engage. I was like, you know what? I wouldn't mind going back and listening to some more of their stuff. I hadn't given that a bit of a, a go for a while, and I do like Kill Switch Engage. Okay. So I went and started with Alive or Just Breathing, and I was like, you know what? I'll listen to that. I'll listen to some more. So I went and listened to As Daylight Dies and then started going a little deeper and went to the self-titled Killswitch Engage album. I was like, oh, I'm on a bit of a roll now. So I went into <laughs> this album, The Descent, and I finished it with Incarnate. So I think I got that. Was that one, two, three, four, five, five albums in there? And I decided, oh, I want a little bit of something different, a little bit of power metal now. So I busted out some Halloween. Uh, straight out of hell and i was listening oh, we've already said we're listening to what we're going to do risk i was listening to risk when you called me i don't know if you remember when you called me during the week and i said thank you for calling me do you recall that at all i do recall that you do <laughs> and no, don't, I, don't give anything away here don't i'm not i'm gonna say somehow though you got me to go back and listen to dynasty the dark delight and i, yeah. like, I listened to that for a while so i was Pretty happy to hear from that little album again. Uh, I did go back and listen to another Machine Head, uh, Machine Head album, The Blackening. Okay. And after that, I listened to some old stuff. Uh, have you ever heard of a band called Demon? Just just 
just straight demon. Yeah, and I the only song I knew of theirs was Night of the Demon, which I really liked. It's like old. It sounds like it might be from the eighties or something. I, I don't really know much about it, mm-hmm. but I've listened to it. It's just like simple guitar kind of rock. Like, That's pretty cool. So I uh, gave that a listen, and then I started scrounging around. I was like, I'm in the mood to listen to something older. So I went and listened to some Tigers of Pantang, which was also called Tigers of Pantang. Mm-hmm. And but my biggest surprise of the week. Because I was in this, I want to listen to something different. Yeah. Diamond Head. Okay. And I listened to something, I think it's only five or six years old, called The Coffin Train. And poor, I'd heard the first track off this before because um, I'd saved it into my favorites. And I used to go and listen to it every now and then mm-hmm. uh, from The Belly of the Beast. And it's a really, really cool track, big sounding track. But this album, the further I got into this, I was like, oh, this sounds really cool. And I love this album from start to finish. Like I went and read some reviews on it and some were really good. Some mm-hmm. were a little bit mixed, mm-hmm. but by the time I got to the last, the last track on this, it was like, Oh, you'd, you'd been on this big musical journey. Like the vocals in this are really, really strong. It's, I don't know. It was just a cracker of an album. <laughs> I'm going to go back. I was really surprised in a really, really good way. I was so impressed with this. That's good. Cause I've heard old diamond head. And I was like, yeah. oh, it's, let's see how they are. I know they had a lot of changes. Yeah. But I started to wonder, I was like, oh, if this was a band that hadn't been around for so long and this was their their initial album, you know, I wonder what their reception would be like now. Because, you know, you have old bands that come out with new stuff and they're not going to sure. get a new audience. Yeah. But this, I was like, oh, this would be a, a banger if this was a band's first album coming out now. But it was really, really good. Top album. And that's the way I finished my week. So Diamond Head, The Coffin Train. I would say do yourself a favor. And have a listen okay really good anything else no i'm eager to hear what you've listened to this week i've been away for a couple of weeks and yeah this this week i was on vacation from work and uh, i've been busy recording um some new iron maiden stories i've got three of them recorded mm, cool. the uh the uh the patreon people have already gotten two of them I've already given them two of them this week. Uh, the third one, I, I I told you I had a computer crash the other uh, the other day, and while I was posting the third one to Patreon, so it hasn't it hasn't gotten posted yet. I haven't had a chance to really uh, recover from it all yet. So I lost a lot of stuff, but I, I did. But the third one is still there. I do have it. So so these uh, Patreon people, they're lucky from the sounds of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I also. For the Patreon people, I have a brand new somewhere back in time with Andrew, Lord Andrew of Sussex, the weekend mm-hmm. warrior himself, that the Patreon people have already as well. So be chomping I, at the bit to hear that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, if anyone wants to, you know, be the first to be able to hear the Iron Maiden stories, and, and these are unedited, you're going to basically usually, unless something really personal gets said by, you know, by the person <laughs> that I don't want to put on there. They're pretty much unedited, you know, from, from usually from hello to goodbye. So, um, you're going to get that, the, 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 the story, the, uh, caught some, the caught the somewhere back in time with Andrew. It's un it's unedited. It's just, if, if you wanted to just hear the story that Andrew tells behind the song with none of the other stuff, this is your best place to do it. So, but um, if anyone wants to go and check out that, you can sign up and you can, if you just want to say, 
I appreciate what Uncle Steve does. I appreciate the the great co-host that he gets me to listen to every week. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. And there's different levels you can contribute. It's, you know, I and I can do, I can pay for the costs that go along with, you know, hosting a podcast, uh, new equipment, you know, whatever. So, and I'm very, I really appreciate it. You'll, you'll always get every Iron Maiden story well before anybody else will. You're going to get the somewhere back in time before anybody else will. So, and, you know, and other things as they come. So, but I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go into a commercial there. I was just saying that that's been my week. I, you'd think, man, he's had all week. He's listened to tons of music this week, right? So, so let me tell you about my week. <laughs> I, I, I went on vacation or I, it was kind of an accident. I didn't realize I was on vacation until like a week ago. I was like, they were like, oh yeah, you're on vacation. I was like, oh, okay. So I had nothing really planned, but on Friday night, when my last day of work, I went and saw an ACDC tribute band called Back in Black, and they're really, really good. Uh, so that's how I started my vacation. That was a great start. I literally got off work, drove to the place, gave them, you know, walked in, went to the front of the stage, because it's a tribute band. Front of the stage, they came on 30 minutes later. Rocked out for two hours, went home. Nice. So, and uh, so during the week, what I listened to was obviously we're doing Risk by Megadeth. So I listened to Risk multiple, multiple times this week. I listened to a album by one of my, you know, probably top ten favorite bands, Alice in Chains. I listened to Facelift, uh, and then I listened to one other band. And the reason I was listening to that band this week is because I went and saw them in concert last night. I went and saw Queensryche last night. Mm. So um, I listened to three of their albums. Um, I listened to the self-titled Queensryche album, uh, the first one with Todd Latore. I listened to Promised Land, and I listened to Here in the Now Frontier. So my wife went with me, so on the way up there, I was trying to play some stuff and uh, ended up playing Promised Land and Here in the Now Frontier on the way up there and and Risk. I listened to Risk on the way up there too, but um, just kind of low because I was just trying to you know keep it in my mind. So and um, so that's all I listened to albums wise. Uh, so yeah, I, I know you're probably shocked. This is like the first week in in probably three months that I haven't listened to an ACDC album. <laughs> so true. Actually, I just I remembered speaking of Megadeth that I've I've still been on a bit of a Megadeth kick as well with Rust in Peace. So that's held up for the last two weeks as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Still yeah, yeah. So, so now we'll get into the podcast I listen to. Um, and that's it. Matt, what did you listen to? Any podcasts? Hang on. Can you repeat your podcast? I think I missed that. Uh, yeah, that's oh. it right there. Here, let me, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. That's it. You're up. No Matt. podcast this week. No, um, I didn't even nothing. I I, uh, I was recording podcasts all week. So if you want to count the ones I recorded with people, then I listened to three Iron Maiden stories. I listened to a somewhere back in time episode with Andrew. What about you, Matthew? It's unusual, unusual for you. Uh, I started with a podcast music from a lifetime, which I've been listening to the last couple of weeks. And I listened to their episode, his episode on Metallica garage days re revisited. Cause this was an album that I had had. Well, actually it wasn't an album I had on cassette. You're talking about the 598 EP. I haven't talking about the 598 EP. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. So he, he was good enough to play the tracks off that. So I didn't have to try and actually, you know, what? I don't have any cassettes anymore. They're back in 
I think my brother's got them now, I hope. Um, so I was lucky enough that he played all those, and I was like, oh, that's pretty good. So he did a good job on that. Cool. The Metal Exchange podcast had a episode on Sabaton, the art of war. And I've liked little pieces of Sabaton that I've heard. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't I can't get into a whole album of theirs, but mm-hmm. I did like the story other their take on Sabaton. Um, bits and pieces okay. of me, I can't do the whole thing. Okay. The R4, the Ridiculous Rock Record Review, and I think I told you I listened to their episode on on Venom. <laughs> and I've tried, I've tried to listen to Venom, oh, I think it was weeks or a couple of months ago. Yeah. I was like, I can't, I can't do this. It's just noise. I couldn't get into it. Sure. But but listening to their episode, I don't know if it was because oh, – sorry, it was called uh, Venom, Welcome to Hell, the the episode. And I enjoyed it. I was, I was expecting – I was in a bad mood. And I was like, I'm going to go listen to this because I know that they're going to write this album off. And as soon as I thought that, I was like, they'll probably come out and like this. And then <laughs> – kind of the way it went down so i enjoyed that episode and got me out wait a minute wait 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 wait. even lou liked it was lou on this one i don't think lou's not on (laughs) all of them uh and he surprises me he surprises me sometimes he he likes things i wouldn't expect and he crashes on things that yeah you wouldn't expect sure 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 uh, I listened to Uncle Steve's So Far, So Good, So What episode. And you were not on that episode, right? I know, I wasn't on that. So I had okay. a bit of a listen to Mark, yourself, and Kirsty, and I enjoyed that. And I think that's a pretty, it's probably my favorite. Well, maybe until a couple of weeks ago, I used to think that was my favorite uh, Megadeth album. I, I do have a question for you. Do you think, do you think that Mark is a better co-host, or do you think that Matt is a better co-host. No, I would probably go with that Mark, dude. He's pretty cool. <laughs> okay, okay. Just wondering. Yeah, just wondering. That, that Matt, if he comes back next week, <laughs> tell him to have yeah. the week off afterwards. Yeah. Uh, oh, so because I was in a machine head kind of mood, uh, I don't know if you knew that Rob Flynn has his own podcast. He's had it for a while. And I did try and listen to this that a long time ago and yeah. couldn't get into it. But I listened to a couple of episodes of his. Uh, there was one... I don't know, episode like 136. He wasn't doing any interviews for this one. He was talking about some odd, like some Stranger Things, the TV TV show, yeah. some yeah. Netflix stuff. He was doing some Star Wars talk and all, and he got a little bit political, but I didn't mind it. But then I saw he had a, an interview with Jim Florentine, and do you know okay. who that is? Yeah, from the, the that metal show. Yeah, exactly. So, and I like Jim Florentine. I've seen his stand up a couple of times, and I was lucky enough to have a bit of a chat with him mm-hmm. uh, a couple of times. And I liked him. He did a. The best thing about this one, so this was episode 124, in case anyone's into Jim Florentine. It, a good interview doesn't sound like an interview, it sounds like a conversation. Mm-hmm. So, both Rob and Jim were just, you know, telling stories from trips on the road and stuff like this. And I really, really enjoyed that. It was like an hour and a half episode, but it moves really quickly. Mm-hmm. No waffling. Uh, my television. The, the exact, the exact opposite of this show. <laughs> I just thought I'd drop that. <laughs> yeah. My tell them Steve Dave that I like to get my uh, my fix of. So they had about six hundred episodes, and I've listened to about four hundred of them, but I found a couple in the four hundreds <laughs> that I had missed. Okay. And so, in case anyone was interested, and probably no one is, but four hundred and sixteen and four hundred and eighteen which go back to year 2019, okay. they were talking about how they'd been to see Maiden, as it turned out, and mm-hmm. I'd never heard them talk about that. 
So the guys had never seen Maiden before, but come away big fans, and they were telling some stories uh, about that. Um, so Brian Quinn from Impractical Jokers, <laughs> the TV show, yeah. he had organized the dinner, and it happened to be that um, Scott Ian from Anthrax was in attendance. So they they talked about what sort of thing they hung out and some funny stories. Okay. And the 418 episode, they talked about how they went and saw Kiss. <laughs> and they started making a bit of fun about how because Brian Quinn, he thought it was all real. You know, this is you no, know, he's not lip syncing. <laughs> you know, all that, so they kind of tore him down on all that. But it was funny, <laughs> it was good. That's funny. And, and then coincidentally, I finished the week with some talk as Jericho. Mm-hmm. And did you listen to the latest one? By any chance? Uh, if it came out this week, then I did not. Oh, that's right. You said you didn't. <laughs> that's right. So Dave Mustaine was on it. Really? Well, he was. I was like, oh, uh-huh. this is pretty timely. So talking about the sick, the dying, and the dead. And I was like, oh, it's a pretty good interview. So, I'm looking for, I'd like, Dave's a smart guy. And he's funny, <laughs> and he doesn't care if he step on people's toes either. No, he uh, he's very self-confident. And that's how he came across in this. But he, he talked about some interesting things. Uh, previous lineups he talked about his um his sickness like his illness when he had cancer uh-huh. and of course you know somehow a little bit of metallica always falls in there as well <laughs> of course but it was good it was just under an hour or so and you know he covered a few topics and it was good i really enjoyed it uh, but that was me and my podcast for the week so i finished with some megadeth so now we could well, almost talk about some megadeth yeah well he was also on uh joe rogan david oh, stain was yeah i i it's i think I think Joe Rogan's show is only on Spotify. So and I've I don't listen to much of him. I, I've listened to a couple of episodes that I, I, I he interviewed. Uh, what's his name? James Hetfield one time, oddly enough. And, and it's, he's, he's a good interviewer. Cause he just gets into really like, like imagine you're listening to an interview with James Hetfield, right? And you're thinking, okay, cool. We're listening to an interview with James Hetfield. He starts talking about beekeeping. And, oh, okay. And, and like, I'm like, how on earth do you get James Hetfield on beekeeping? But it's just because, Joe Rogan is a big celebrity and he just has a way of talking to people. So I'm really looking forward to hearing. I'm going to have to go to Spotify and and listen to that interview because I, I love Dave Mustaine, man. I love his, that he's just outspoken and he, he still kind of has that mindset of, I really don't care what you think. I'm going to say what's what I believe and whatever. And, you know, so it is what it is. I I look forward to hearing it though. So, um, yeah, now this was a good one. I like, I like talk is Jericho though. I like yeah. the the interviews. I like the way he interviews. He does a pretty good job. It's kind of surprising his wrestling background. I would have thought, oh, okay, not well, much yeah, up top. He, but he's really good. he has a journalistic. He has a journalism degree from college. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he does some good. One interviews. thing I I will say this about Chris Jericho. Sometimes I just don't. Sometimes I, I feel like he, and, and maybe this is totally off base, but I feel like he thinks he's better than people sometimes when I listen to him. Like it almost sounds a little bit like he might be talking down to them. <laughs> like he respects uh, them, but but he almost doesn't respect him in a way sometimes. And I don't know if that's part of his wrestling persona or what, and, and, but I mean, he never comes across as disrespectful, no. but I could, I just, I just feel like I hear it. Like maybe it's just in, and maybe it's just me, but, but I've never heard him be disrespectful, but sometimes no, I just feel like he's like maybe trying to hurry people up a little bit sometimes when they're telling stuff. And, and I don't know, I don't know, but enough with the waffling. I, Does he tell him that? But you know what? But I do love listening to his podcast too. I really, I like he's, he's good at it. And, um, yeah, someone said to me the other day, I can't remember who I said it to, but I said, uh, I said waffling and I said, it's what we eat and what we do. <laughs> so. Oh, you were telling me something yeah, about that. You'd spoken to someone. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, let's get into the retweets and the tweet quotes. And, you know, as as with my podcasts that I listen to this week, there's not a lot of them. So uh, the retweets, but they are all really awesome people, though. First one is his royal dudeness, Dave, in the USA. Next up is the Scouser, David Laird in Liverpool, England. Third up is my uh, friend, Ron Kramer in Washington State. Uh, next up is the one, uh, somebody that you're familiar with, uh, the R4 podcast is what they go by on Twitter, which is the Ridiculous mm-hmm. Rock Record Review podcast. Um, I really think the R4 is cool. I wish It makes me wish that my podcast had a bunch of the same letters so I could just call it like M3 or Z4 or something like that. That's kind of cool. Um, and the last retweet was by Nige Savage in the UK. Thank you for those. And um, the tweet quotes next. Uh, again, now now this is something left with this. Gonna be, you're going to have a big question mark at the end of uh, part of this from his Royal Dundas Dave in the USA. <clears throat> he said, uh, and, and oddly enough, we're talking about uh, Megadeth on the last episode, hashtag Iron Maiden. And he says, the crew go back. You know, you're not part of the crew, apparently, Matt, because you no. weren't on that episode. But he said I'm the like, crew. Not not the crew. That's what he said. The, not the Motley's. No, no, no. <laughs> he didn't spell it like that. C-R-E-W. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. I'm not part of the. I'm not part of the other crew either. Just apparently not, yeah. But he said, the crew go track by track through another Megadeth album. And now, I am about three-fourths of the way through this episode and dot, dot, dot so far, dot, dot, dot. I have said what out loud uncontrollably like seven times already. Oh, interesting. Was there anything that made you say what out loud seven times, at least uncontrollably on the last episode that you heard? Yeah. So far, so good. So what? Yeah. Yeah. But I asked him, why what what did you say what made you say that uncontrollably he said and he was like he said more later but he never he never came back and told us well, anything and kept Cur- hanging yeah and Kirsty even came behind him and said yeah why <laughs> so and then he said and, and this is a little bit of more confusion because he did mention the crew and there were three of us last week but then he said please follow your hosts at uncle steve rock and at Kirsty prince exclamation mark mm exclamation mark he said it very emphatically but i'm like well what about mark i don't know mark's twitter handle so i can't add it here but is he um, on twitter he is he got uh, uh I, wait, wait wait yes he did get on there yes if you if you'll find him on there he if you see his name if you see anyone named sparky commenting ah that, sparky yeah that's him that's him gotcha 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 yeah i can't go, so go follow because i'd get in yeah trouble. don't yeah, because uh, somebody else who gave us a re-quit uh, trade is going to get you in detention. Um, <laughs> but not the next guy. The next guy might, uh, might. I mean, maybe, I don't know, he might have to declare political asylum for you, though. Uh, the Honorable Counselor, Sir Richard Holmes of the Ulster Unionist Party in Garvaugh, Northern Ireland, the official politician of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone, the only one, Matt. You wear this, right? The one and only. The one and only, Yes. He said, another fine episode to get your teeth into. And then he said, where's my old cassettes? Mm. And then he had a picture of Wiley Coyote. So 
which is always a thumbs up for me because Wiley Cody is my favorite. I don't have any tattoos, but I was going to get a tattoo of Wiley Cody once. I just didn't ever go through with it. I've never went through with a tattoo yet. I'd like to one day. So next up is a guy who probably has lots of tattoos, Jesse, the delivery guy in Illinois. And and based on this comment that he, with his quit show, uh, maybe there might be a lot of other things here, but he said, <clears throat> if he would have wrote more, I would have sang it, Matthew. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but he said, start trouble, spread pain, piss and venom in your veins, <laughs> hot, nasty, breathe, fire, smell, rotten, you're a liar. He didn't say sweat, liquid, breathe, snot. Um, something, 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 diseased, diseased, something, scumbag, filthy bastard, greasy face, tooth decay, hair, matted, drunk all day, abscess, scrambled brain, rot gut, no, rot gut, scrambled brain, steal money, crash cars, rob jewelry, hot guitars, rotten hell's time, you know, for your master, off you go. He didn't add all that, though. Well, Even, there's, a, there's a limit on Twitter. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So he, he said what he wanted to say, I guess. I don't know if he's, but maybe he was directing that at somebody. Let me think. The show here. Okay. Start trouble. Do we start trouble here, Matt? <laughs> oh, good. I thought you were inferring that someone does. No, I didn't. You know, I don't think we've started any trouble. Okay. Okay. Well, wait, just, 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 yes. I need some yes or no's here. So we got to get rolling here. Yep. Okay. Does anybody on our podcast, <laughs> and this could be a, a multiple tiered question. Does anyone on our podcast spread pain? I, I'll go with. Possibly. No. I was going to say, possibly. well, it depends. You can ask Dino. Does anybody. That, no, does anybody on this podcast have piss and venom in their veins? <laughs> I wouldn't have thought so, but... Okay. Does anyone here talk nasty or breathe fire? Yes, yes, someone does. I'm not going to name names, but okay. one of the, the one of the other male hosts on here does. It's not Matt. <laughs> not okay. Okay, well, wasn't Kirsty. Yeah, well, she's not wasn't James. It wasn't, it wasn't James. It definitely wasn't Andrew, so... No, I think I've narrowed it down with that name okay. of names. So what, what this next one might apply the same way. Smell rotten? Does anyone smell rotten here? Well, I have met you in the summertime before, and I didn't want to say anything, but we'll yeah. leave that one alone. Okay. Now, the last one is you're a liar. Is anyone here a liar? You know, me, you, Kirsty, Mark, uh, Andrew, uh, James. Oh, if I say no, does it make me a liar? No, I think you're telling. Well, maybe so. Well, let's just let's just skip that one. So, okay. Ask so no thanks. questions, tell no lies. Yeah, ask me no questions, and I'll tell you no lies. That's mm-hmm. a that's a lyric from an Ace Frehley song. Mm. I'm trying to remember which song it is. So, ask me no questions, and I'll tell you no lies. But, I don't know it. Because the Ace is, I think it's a it's called In Your Face, I believe. But yeah, yeah it's actually on it. It's actually. Uh, uh, it's actually an extra track on Psycho Circus. That's what it is. In your face. Right. Can you imagine if I never asked that question? I never yeah, imagine that. The answer to that. Uh, so, so next up is one of the people that um, might start trouble on our podcast. Kirsty Prince, the official historian and translator. And listen to what she said. She hasn't started any trouble. She probably she probably uh, puts Perfect. the fire out. Though. Actually, so she that's good. She doesn't breathe fire. She puts out the fire. So well, that's true. The extinguisher. She doesn't talk nasty either, so other than unless we're off air. <laughs> well, she'll hold her own. <laughs> yes, she will. And I say that okay. in the nicest possible way. Yeah, exactly. In the most loving way possible. So uh-huh. some, she someone accused she accused me of not being very loving toward her on the about something on a private message to somebody else, and I made me laugh. So but she said, I finally got to be on a Megadeth podcast. And then she said, Achievement unlocked. So I'm, I'm glad I could make that dream come true because she's been wanting to be on a Megadeth podcast for a while, right? Well, she studied for up hard on this for so long. 
did. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, next up and the last one, Matthew, mm-hmm. hope you're not on Twitter while I read this, because if you no. are, someone will know the official detention teacher of uncle Steve's iron maiden zone, Gen Marutani in Chiba, Japan, he will be watching you with his private eyes. And he said, another fun episode. Ooh, I'm going to have to agree with him on this next statement. Another fun episode on my favorite thrash metal band, Megadeth. I think, is that your favorite thrash metal band, Matt? Uh, yes or no, no, the Thrashest Regime is the one that I've been playing most. As <laughs> thrash goes. Hello, Joe. The no, no offense to you, Joe, but I like Megadeth. <laughs> so, um, I, and he said, I think I've listened. I like Joe, though. Mm-hmm. I like Joe a lot. I love Joe. He's awesome. Um, I think I've listened to this album the least among all of their 80s and 90s albums. And he's so speaking so good. Uh, yes. He said, I revisited the album after listening to the episode and was surprised that the album was much better than what I remember. So that that's always a cool thing when you do that. When you think something wasn't as good and you go back and listen, you're like, whoa. It's a lot better than I thought it was. So, And it's not always the case. And speaking of going back and listening to something that you haven't listened to in a long time, Matt, mm-hmm. and maybe liking it or disliking it more or less, why don't we talk about the next Megadeth episode we're doing right now, which is the album Risk, which came out, as we said earlier, August 31, 1999. Seems like a long time ago, Matt. Um, the album had Dave Mustaine on guitar and vocals, Marty Friedman on guitar, who's mm, I won't say that yet. Uh, mm. Jimmy DeGrasso on drums. So this was the first, excuse me, this was the first lineup change that Megadeth had had since Rust in Peace. So it was from '90 through. 99 and i believe you know he might have been in the band in 89 even so uh, um, um nick menza so and then of course david ellison on bass there were three maybe four singles released from this album uh, i saw two different things but the three consistent ones that i saw were crush em, breadline and insomnia and uh i read I got a little blurb here. You can go read it on Wikipedia, but I wanted to read this little blurb because I found it kind of interesting. Some people may or may not know that Dave Mustaine was in uh, Metallica at one point a long time ago. And this, this kind of refers to a member of Metallica. So I thought it was interesting. It said the title of this album risk stems from a comment by Dave Mustaine's former Metallica bandmate, Lars Ulrich, who suggested to Mustaine that he should take some more, risks with his music according to mustaine he was also encouraged to experiment by marty friedman's desire to indulge in his pop sensibilities thanks marty thanks on the other huh thanks lies no 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 no. we'll thank marty because he wanted to indulge in his pop sensibilities Mm -hmm. which megadeth was already kind of 
every mm-hmm. album had kind of been getting closer and closer to what this album was. But this album, as we will get to, was the epitome. Of, as, this was the, this was as far as they could go, and as, as as far as they did go, because they turned around on the next album. And I uh, see, it says on the other hand newcomer jimmy degrasso the drummer wanted to do a heavy record unlike the rest of the band who wanted to try out something different as bassist david ellison recalls the band's manager bud prager had told them that they needed to do something that this is what i thought was really interesting he told them they needed to do something that will make all of their contemporaries knock themselves on the head and say why didn't we think of that (laughs) This decision resulted in mixed reviews for both the band and the album. A good portion did not favor the new sound and image. Uh, I don't know about the image so much. I don't remember what the image was like. Um, no, I just thought I'd never even given that a thought until you mentioned that. I've got no idea what they looked like at the time. I think I maybe they had shorter hair. Maybe that was it. But Dave's always mm. at least had shoulder length hair, you know. So, yeah. And it says, while others were more receptive to the band's attempts at experimenting with their sound and trying something different. Um, so we'll go in and we'll go song by song here and see what each of us think about all of the songs. And at the end, when we do our rankings, uh, I've already talked to you about this. Mm-hmm. We're going to use, cause enter the arena is an intro to the song crush. them, I and we're going to go ahead and include enter the arena and crush them together because you know, there's no point. I mean, enter the arena is not really a song. It's an intro. So, well, I, I got a question before we get right into it. Yeah. Like, did you get this when it first came out? Probably not. Um, didn't. I, I don't. I mean, I at that point I was kind of just, you know, I don't know where I was with music anymore. At that point, I just was kind of listening to different stuff. And, but I do remember hearing it back then. So I don't. I mean, I don't remember. It, I wasn't like a first day go, you know, buyer. Yeah. I didn't go buy Brave New World the first day it came out either. So what can I say about all that? But, um, not that this album is anything like Brave New World. <laughs> <laughs> no. But um, so we'll go song by song here, and at the end we will rank. Uh, the 12 songs into 11 songs. So, uh, so Matthew, I tell you what, I'm going to let you go first. So tr- track number one is insomnia. Insomnia. <laughs> Yeah. 
So, so tell us about insomnia, Matthew. Well, I had, it's not a bad start to the album. It's a bit different sounding, but it's interesting. So that's okay. I thought Dave, he sounds okay in it. Uh, and I thought it's funny that this sounded like something that could have been on an earlier album. Maybe, maybe is a, it stand out a little bit, but it's not going to be on the stretch that it couldn't fit on something. What, what, but what, what, what album? Like what album I, do you think that would fit on? I thought maybe Countdown. Not so okay. much euthanasia, but you know, because Countdown's kind of a little off center sounding. I thought. Okay. Um, I, I'll. <laughs> his I can't sleep. You know, he was pretty convincing during that. Um, I just thought it's an odd sounding little riff to it, and I don't, I don't know what the, the guitar, the guitar sound is. If it's the guitar, or if there's something different being played in this, it's just a yeah. very different sounding song. But then, you know, Marty Freeman, he's kind of kicked butt on some of the other albums and songs. But mm-hmm. this, I just put here the solo is nothing flash, and it sounds like there's something I don't know, either semi-acoustic or just a softer guitar. It's fine, but for me, I thought it's pretty forgettable. I'm not gonna think of this song unless mm. i specifically think of this album so yeah okay. it's okay i could take it or leave it i'm not gonna really <clears> sleep <throat> over it well what about uh what what about if you can't sleep i would put on something different if you're gonna lose sleep you'll have insomnia right <laughs> you eventually and you know what? i think i'd get insomnia if i had to keep listening to this song over and over again <laughs> okay so it's got the interesting intro with that. I don't know if you'd call it that Indian kind of. Yeah, like an Eastern-y kind of sound. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, but I think, you know, from the get-go, you can definitely tell that this is not classic Megadeth that you're uh-huh. getting. You know, but it's definitely continuing. There's There's been a trend with every album, you know, basically after Rest in Peace. So they've all gotten a little bit more. Um, Newton. Main mainstream in a way i would say neutered yeah that's some some of that too different you know definitely different because they definitely were going for something completely different you know dave mustaine has kind of said that you know with the big success that they had had with all the albums you know every album getting more and more mainstream sounding or however you want to call it um he kind of just started getting that itch for i want a number one hit or a number one album or something Mm mm-hmm you know, and and then he had the wrong people. You know, he was listening to the wrong people, and he kind of, you know, which is what led to this. Thank does that surprise? Does that surprise you? Like, is um, I'm gonna say stubborn, but he's very, very directed and yeah. self confident and driven to be listening to other people, unless he's chasing chasing audience. Kind of sounds like somebody else that we talk about from time to time. Ari. Right? Yeah, yeah, well, stubborn and driven, and he's the main guy in the band, and he's gonna what he says goes kind of thing. You'd think, but but in this but case. yeah, but in this case it was a little different. Um, okay, um, I, I thought there's almost kind of an, an industrial sound in this song, without it being industrial sounding. You know, like some of the maybe processed music a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. not like not like you know a ministry album or something like that. I don't mean mm-hmm. like that. Um, I, I, I like after the chorus, and I think you this is what you were alluding to when he goes, "I, I, <laughs> I can't sleep." <laughs> I love he, he does. He sounds believable. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, I love that bit. 
Um, one thing, another thing I like about this song is when it's going into the chorus, you know, when it kind of slows down and then the drums come in and then it goes into the chorus, you know, that insomnia. I love the drum build. I just like the little buildup of the drums. Um, I, I do like this song. You know, it's not necessarily what I'm wanting from Megadeth, but I don't mind hearing it on occasion. You know, it's, it's not something I hate, uh, but you know, given the, the the album we listened to a lot two weeks ago, it's definitely a one thing I'm going to say a lot on this album, almost regardless of the song, is um I like the way Dave sounds vocally. You know, a lot of times he gets this just that oh he's just a gritty vocalist, but yeah, I think I think you know he does he he's not a bad vocalist. He shows some emotion on the album. I'll give him that. Yeah, and and I think he's. I mean, you know, is he Rob Halford? Is he Bruce Dickinson? Absolutely. Is he Jeff Tate? No, but he he has a decent sounding vocal. And on this album, there's a lot of interesting melodies and harmonies that are going on that are way different than a lot of other Megadeth stuff. That's interesting to me. So, mm-hmm. um, and I, I don't want to and I don't want to qualify his vocals by saying it's pretty good for Dave. I think it's pretty no. good. I mean, if you. You like it or you don't, you know, you either like it or you don't. So, I mean, I, I end up enjoying his vocals a lot. And I don't think, oh, well, he sounds good for Dave Mustaine. I mean, I think he's a, he, he does pretty good. Now, he's not the greatest vocalist in the world, but, you know, it, I like it. I like what he does on the, I like what he does a lot here um, on the album overall, you know. Uh, there is one line in the song. I was going through all the lyrics because all, I like the lyrics to all of the songs just about. There's pretty interesting lyrics on all of them. And, even though I can usually sing some lyrics, I've never always, I've never known a lot of the lyrics. I can kind of just sing what I think it is. And that goes for just about any band I listen to. But there's one line in this song when I was reading the lyrics where he says, I'll do anything for peace. <laughs> I just thought, you know, just the word peace being in there. I just thought that was kind of uh, probably there for a reason. So throwback. Yeah. A little bit. Maybe there, there's definitely another throwback in this album that I found. Um, so that leads us to the second track, uh, Prince of Darkness.
Now we're not talking about Ozzy here, <laughs> but this song here is I think is a really cool song. Uh, they actually, if I'm not mistaken, they this is the song that plays before Megadeth comes on stage at every concert, which I find very interesting because I'm pretty sure this album has been completely abandoned. <laughs> but I think that the, the the intro, you know, my victims are rich or poor, strong or weak, you know, and all that stuff that he says. It's a really, there's a really cool slow build that happens, uh-huh. yeah. you know, and it builds and it builds and it builds. Um, I love that build, you know, where it gets to the chorus and that da 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 evil. And he sings more evil, more evil than violence. I thought he said more evil than violent, but he says violence. Yeah. You know, I think that part is badass. Um, I do. I like the chorus, you know, the Prince of Darkness, you know, your satanic highness and all that stuff. I think it's okay. I don't think the chorus is as good as the verses. I think the verses and the pre-chorus are better than the chorus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. But then I like. There's another bit in the song where I like where it goes da 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 and then there's another one's like da 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 da. And I was like, you can hear Dave just sneering in it. I was like, that sounds so cool. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's hard to do that. Um, when they're doing the second set of verse, you know, where it's like, I gave what you love and leave you in tears. And you can hear that, that guitar just riffing underneath it. It's, I, I think that is really, really good. Um, and then there's a weird musical bit that kind of happens. I don't even know how to describe it. It almost sounds like it, it reminds me of like a Siamese cat or something. You know, I don't know what's going on in there. That like, almost, it's like the violins and stuff. Yeah. And then it comes back in with that. And then that little, that little thing that the guitar does. Oh, that's badass. I think that's really good. I like this song pretty well. I like this song pretty well. So I can tell that you like this song. What about you? What do you think? I like the start of this track. I do like that bass background. And Dave, he's a little bit of menace in the the opening lines. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. But I do like that riff that crunches when it comes in and, and Dave's he's getting decent there. But mm-hmm. there's no to me, I was like, he hasn't got the menace in his voice, but he, he delivers his lines like he's very sly. Mm-hmm. And I liked that the way in which he did that. Um once he gets to the end of the chorus and we get what sounds like a you know, a burp and the groan that you alluded to. Yeah. <laughs> so he's conveying, you know, there's something evil within the song. Uh I put it's not all corny. Because you yeah. apparently like that. I was like, that doesn't bother me. I'm kind of indifferent to it. It's kind of cool. Yeah. You know. Um, okay. I put the chorus is decent. Like yeah. you alluded to the same, you know, the verses are a bit stronger than what the chorus is. Mm-hmm. It It's basic. There's some nice guitar going on there, some nice licks in the background. It moves into something that I wondered if it was strings like you were talking about. That, what did you say? It was the Persian cat. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. But then I've got. Now, there's a pedestrian solo in this. There is nothing flash about it. You yeah. know, I think of Marty Friedman of old, but then uh, Marty Friedman, sorry, Marty Friedman of old solo also wouldn't have fit into this song, so I'll give it that as well. I was like, ah, the song's okay. I don't mind it. Uh, it's probably one of the tracks I do think of if I think of Risk. Uh, but I did notice <laughs> towards the very end of the song, you know, Dave's doing his little grunts and stuff like that, yeah. It was like it sounded to me like the Prince of Darkness was having his way with Dave as the solo escalated towards the end of the track with all the yeah. uh, so I don't know, someone was having a good time there. Either Dave or the Prince or both. 
fairly solid, but nothing groundbreaking. Okay. Okay. Well, so we're going to just combine the next two songs. So uh, track three on the album is technically enter the arena, which is basically just an intro for crush them. And I wanted to say this too. um, The first two songs were written by Dave Mustaine by himself. Um, Let's see. Enter the arena, crush them breadline. The doctor is calling I'll be there. All of those were written by Dave Mustaine and the band's manager, Bud Prager. I just wanted to mention that because there's a definite change when we get to that part. But Matt, if you will talk about the song Crush Em, because Enter the Arena is just an intro. So let's just go right to Crush Em. I thought it was interesting that this is called Crush Him and where he did start off with that crush, 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 crush him because I was like, I'm a little bit over, uh, sorry, underwhelmed mm-hmm. so far. But I don't know, it's interesting the little guitar licks at the start of this. I do like the bass line and it reminded me of something I, I could not put my finger on it, something from the early 80s, like mm-hmm. a poppy kind of track because Dave's, yeah. Dave's bass on this is interesting across this album, I thought. Um, but by the first chorus of this, I didn't like it anymore. I didn't want to hear any more of it. It's not bad. It's just kind of lacking, I thought. Uh, I didn't like the backing vocals, the crush, crush him. Yeah. It's cheesy. He said something indecipherable to me during the middle of the song. Mm-hmm. And I, I had a note that I honestly don't care what he said, and I don't care enough to go and find out. 
(laughs) this is an obvious attempt at a single and i knew it was a single but it sounds obvious that it wants to be single sure i had i had gone and read a little bit about this how his goal for this song was to be one of the like a stadium or a sports arena song sure sure i was like okay this is very contrived yeah yeah but, you know, I think a few minutes into the song, you get what could have been a decent solo uh, towards the end of the song. But the gang vocals, again, just kind of killed it for me. Mm-hmm. I, I did. I was listening to this in the car with Mrs. Matt, and I had little Doobie in the car with me as well. And I asked him if he liked it. He's like, yeah, this is okay. And I was like, well, he's a six-year-old, so what does he know? <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, this is where I'm starting to get frustrated uh, by this by this album mm. we're only a few tracks in okay so yeah i'm not a fan of this one at all yeah okay so this is another one where it starts and you immediately go okay this is definitely weird mm-hmm. you know n- knowing that you're listening to a megadeth album like, this is weird um and what i think is funny though is enter the arena all they go is crash or he goes here we go crash crash crush them and then it gets to crush them in the first line of the song enter the arena i thought it's funny that they don't say enter the arena in enter the arena until it gets to crush them. i thought that's kind of funny but um vocally i think dave sounds good i think the um you know he says enter the arena in the morn and light and then that little that guitar is interesting sounding like when I hear that, I just think, okay, this is more Marty Friedman's pop mm-hmm. sensibilities. Okay, thanks again, Marty. Thanks again, Marty, who can't say he was in Megadeth. He's go back, Stain. Yeah, go back to where you. Uh, never mind. Um, so the pre-chorus, um, where it's like, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, into the arena, <sighs> you know, when he says, um, what's, "How does the pre-chorus go?" I'm trying to remember how the pre-chorus goes again. I had, I was thinking of it. Uh, so is it don't think twice or something? We're going to crush him. Yeah, maybe so. Roll the dice. Don't think twice. and be. I'll just see. Enter the arena. And the so I'm guessing this is one you don't like as much. When he goes, because he goes like last one went in, in the fight, you know, something, something. This is going to hurt a little bit. Like, I think, okay. I think the, the verses are okay. The core, mm-hmm. I think the pre-chorus is better. And I like the chorus better than I like the pre-chorus. So, um, it's it's kind of cool, you know. You know, you're in for a ride and be crushed. Crush! I think the like the like you said, the chant sounds good. It's a good gang vocally thing. Oh, I um, said I didn't like the gang vocals. Oh, you didn't? Okay, no. I like that. I like that. I think it's just it's it's different. It's just a like I say, it's I just take it for what it is. It's a song by Megadeth. It's not a go-to for me, but I, I kind of like I get it. I listen to it. I'm bobbing my head a little bit, but I wrote down melodic Megadeth. It's you know, chasing. It's just, I just found this song to be really it's big time. chasing. It wants yeah, to be yeah. something. And, and I, like I said, I like, I think Dave vocally sounds good. Um, the cr- I like the, you know, that part where they just go, dun, 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 the crush. It was, I like the, I like the crush over and over part. And, um, but this is so different than the albums that we've talked about the past mm-hmm. two weeks. Um, then, you know, but I like the bit after the chorus where it's just da-na-na-da crush, da-na-na-da crush over and over. And then it gets the bit, like you said, where where they're going crush, and he's like saying a whole bunch of stuff underneath it. And I looked those lyrics up and I read them. I'm like, they're interesting lyrics, but I just I don't really like that part very much. Um and I get it that they were going for, like I said, he had an he had 
you know, he had listened to the wrong people and he had this mindset of we're going to do something and we're going to get somewhere that's going to make other people say, wow, I wish we would have done that, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's a, they were going for a stadium song, like you mentioned. And, you know, I said, good attempt. They made a good attempt at it. It's just so different. Um, so that's, yeah, I, I don't love the song. I don't hate it either. Like if it, like I, I don't mind listening to it, but after listening to it multiple times this week, I was kind of like, Man, I don't really want. Yeah, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was crushed a little bit, but I was like, yeah, you know, like every now and then if I put it on, I don't mind hearing it. Like I kind of, you know, nodding along. It's got a good beat to it and everything, but yeah. So let's go to the next song here. Let's just, uh, um, and I didn't write a lot of stuff down about this next song uh, for some reason, but Breadline, uh, another Mustang Bud Prager song. I ain't got no job. Got no smoke Ain't got a car It's life's a joke Living on the skids Thinks the world's just fine Forgot what he did Dancing on the bread The lyrics are serious, you know, about someone who's either living on the streets, living on the skids, I think he mm-hmm. says, um, you know, just someone that's, you know, struggling in life, you know, used to, what is it, used to call the shots, now he can't connect the dots, um, a mover and a shaker getting closer to his maker. Um, I like the verses, I, I like the pre-chorus even better than the verses, and I really, really um, like the, ooh, you know, what does it say, uh, now lost his lifeline. Now they're looking for the breadline. God, I can't remember that. For some reason, all the lyrics are disappearing from my head. Ooh, about to lose his lifeline. He's looking for the, he's looking for the breadline. I think the chorus sounds really good. It's melodic. The harmony vocals, like harmony vocals in a Megadeth song. That's just weird, but I like the way they sound. Like, this you remember, isn't, I was going to say, do you remember when, uh, old Dave said military intelligence, two words that just can't make yeah, sense. Harmony two words vocals combined. And, yeah. <laughs> two, same thing with that. Yeah. But I like it a lot, and and I think other than that, I wrote down, th- and and maybe if you listen to the original album, I think you listen to the original, not the uh, remastered one, right? I had the original, and I don't know where it is, so I listened to the remastered. Oh, okay. So you may not understand what I'm talking about here. I don't. I, I won't listen to the remasters. Um, but the music, when I'm listening to it, I got a good set of headphones on, and I mean everything sounds awesome. Like it was produced really well. Mm-hmm. Like the guitars, you know, all the guitars when they come in sound, you know, good when they're crunch guitars, like the, you know, like a, on Prince of Darkness, that Donna, that sounds good. Like the, the drums sound really good, the hi hat and all the drums and the bass sounds good. Everything sounds really good. Well produced. So Bud Prager did a, no, not Bud Prager, who? Dan Huff produced this album and he did a great job producing the album. But I like the way it sounds. Of course, you know, whether you like what's contained in it or not. But I like Breadline a lot. I think it's a really good song. So what about mm. you? Okay, I thought, this song sounds okay to start with. 
And I wasn't. I think I asked you during the week if this was a single. I can't remember. Uh, I was like, I if this wasn't a single. Yeah, I think it was. Let me look yeah. again. Why yeah, yeah. when I looked up, it, it was what you mentioned. Yeah, it was. Before it was. I was like, this is so radio friendly. You know, mm-hmm. He's crooning, he's ooh and mmm and this sort of thing. Oh, like his yeah. vocal melodies, like you said. That's good. Yep. And then I was like, I started to think of old Megadeth, and I was like, impotent, castrated, crushed. That's kind <laughs> of that's how I felt in that order. Well, I didn't feel personally like that, but it's what it reminded me of. It's what it made me yeah. think. Yeah. And this, I think this is when you called me. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm not going to have to listen to this anymore. I'll answer your call. And I went off and listened to Dynasty after that. You were but about I, to lose your lifeline when I called, huh? <laughs> true. So I just put this album on hold. Uh, I think it was midweek, and it took me another couple of days before I come back to this. Okay. And I was like, I don't know if I'm just bitter, jaded, or disappointed in all this now. I listened to part of this in the car, and I asked Mrs. Matt what she thought about it. And so I explained to her the direction across the last 10 years. And she's like, it sounds like they've got no balls. Well, what happened to their balls? Well, uh, all I'm going to say is I know what some of, I know who Miss Matt's favorite artist, oh. alt, artist is and talking no balls. He, she, she ain't got no room to talk about that. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that, but not naming we, names here, but no, we're not talking about that. We're talking about this. Um, God, you've thrown me off my train of thought there now. <laughs> train of consequence. You, you said that you were, you didn't know if you were jaded, and that's what. Oh I, yeah, that's. I think that's that's, that's exactly what I'm hearing is you're comparing everything to what came before it, whereas I'm just listening to this as I know it's Megadeth and it's not uh-huh. the same, but it's yeah, just, probably because now I did, I had Rust in Peace and uh, and I moved on to Euthanasia and I liked Euthanasia. I just mm-hmm. listened to that a lot. I listened to Countdown to Extinction a lot. Uh, cryptic writings, I can't, I don't know if I listened to that very much or not, I can't remember, but I know that was a bit heavier, and then it's like they've softened down to this. I was like, if Crush'em wasn't a just full blown attempt at trying to grab a big crowd, this definitely is. I could hear any 90s band play a song like this on the radio in the 90s if I wanted to, and I didn't because this is kind of what was going around at the time. I can appreciate it's a decent song. But I don't know. It's just I don't want to say generic, but there's nothing could special be. about. A lot of bands could have done this, and a lot of sure, bands tried. Sure. And I don't know. This is just now we're getting into territory where oh, this album is just collapsing. I can't wait to hear your rankings and after you, all but, this. But the the funny thing, my my initial thoughts on this album, because we've talked about this months and months and months earlier, and I okay. kind of talked it up. I was like, I. Oh, yeah, it's not too bad, but yeah, I don't know. I guess having uh, a refresher course on Megadeth recently, yeah, kind of put what I've heard so far in this place. So far, you're having the exact opposite reaction that um, the official detention teacher had with it. With so far, so good, so what? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the next song up is "The Doctor Is Calling," and another song written by Dave Mustaine and Bud Prager. Daddy, 
So, Matthew, tell <laughs> us about The Doctor is Calling. First three words, don't like it. That's what I initially wrote. Uh, Dave gives a couple of throwaway snarls, you know, like you'd give a half-rotten dog to a bone. Uh, sorry, a bone to a dog is what I thought. <laughs> like, you just give him the scraps. Golly. But this is just another pedestrian standard rock track. Okay. Now, I was like, I honestly used to think that I like. Oh, this is what I was talking about. I honestly used to think that I liked this album for what it was. It was different sounding. Sure. Uh, but that was at a different time. You know, I was younger then. Maybe that was kind of, I don't know, I appreciated it more. I, I don't know if it's, it does sound, it sounds really good, the album itself. Sure. I just don't know if it's kept up with everything else that's going around, if it's held whatever it had, if it's aged well. But I don't know. I just put here, Time's told the truth on this one, and there's a reason why I've barely revisited this. Uh, it doesn't suck, not by any stretch. But it's not exciting. Nothing here grabs me. And I thought this is interesting for me. Maybe if you're a new metal candidate, so to speak, at the time back in the late 90s, that this is mm-hmm. something, this could have been like entry level, uh, entry level metal. Start them soft is what I put here. And I was like, ah, it's another song where it's fine, but it's not exciting in any stretch. There's some parts of it that are okay, but it's not memorable to me. And this 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 isn't going the way I thought it was going to go. Like, yeah. like a week ago. Yeah, I know. Me either. I was I wasn't sure. I mean, because I mean, I know when I talked to you in the middle of the week when you started talking, I was like, yeah, this may not go the way I thought it was going to go either. <laughs> Do you mean when I said this album is absolute rubbish? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> like a couple of songs back. Yeah. So, so is that all you have to say about the doctor is calling? I think I've said enough. I'm mm, okay. So, <clears throat> so uh, wow. So. I like the little intro bit, the the little, it's got the weird effects, the guitar with the little weird effects on it. And then there's a drum roll going behind it. Uh, and then the drum roll comes in with the riff coming in. And I like that. And again, this is somewhere where I'm listening and I noticed, man, the production, all the instruments sound really good. Like they sound, everything's, you know, as good as it's supposed to sound. Um, and it all kicks in. It's got a, it's got, it's got a nice little riff. And I think the verse is pretty cool. Um, it gets to the chorus where he says like the coat of arms is falling. I hear the doctor calling. Um, I like the verses better than the chorus. This is another song that I, and then I like, uh, there's a drum roll out of the chorus where, and then there's a, where he's kind of, it just gets louder and he goes back into the main riff. I like that. Um, I think the riff in the verses is really nice. Um, I know, and I, you didn't mention this, but I'm sure you're going to hate it when I mention it. But uh, there's a part where they're they're playing along, and they, he's like going na 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 na, and I love that. That makes me think, and I know you're going to wonder why, but you'll know why, kind of. It reminds me of Iron Maiden, just just kind of uh, some yeah. of them singing just something that's not words, but just something that could be like a sing along part. Yeah. And I, and it, I think it sounds really cool for like Dave doing it. I just like the way he sounds doing it. Not that this is still the greatest song, but I really like that bit because that's something you don't ever hear in a Megadeth song. I don't want to hear it. I'm going to listen to rust in peace. I want rust in peace, you know, yeah. but I'll, I like it for what it is. Um, uh, there's a guitar solo going on underneath that, that I thought was okay. And at this point, you know, we're six technically five songs into the album. And I thought it's funny that this is that 
really none of the guitar solos stand out anywhere on the album so far. Like, you know, you listen to, you know, we did Rest in Peace, and you listen to Rest in Peace, and the guitar solos just rule the album. Heck, the first, you know, you listen to uh, um, Holy Wars, and you listen to um, Hangar 18, and it's just like they're just littered with guitar solos. And, like, this is just, like, guitar solos almost non-existent. Mm-hmm. And you've got Dave Mustaine and Marty Friedman here, who at one point, you know, apparently Marty Friedman had a set of balls at one point before this, <laughs> you know. But he ca- I think he castrated himself. So I was gonna say, yeah, I don't think someone took them from him. I think it was voluntarily. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then and then he went and moved off and started doing pop music and said, Don't don't ask me about being in Megadeth anymore, even yeah. though that's the only thing people really want to know about me. I'm not gonna so, need these where I'm going. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, um that's I thought that was real like like it was all of a sudden at that point I was like, I haven't even really noticed much of a guitar solo. You know, you know mm-hmm. little guitar bits, but nothing like like when you're listening to, you know, just even so far so good or whatever, you're you're there's all kinds of memorable guitar solos. There's nothing on here. So uh that's all I have to say about that song there. So um uh you took that one first. So the next song, uh tr- track seven is I'll be there. I'll be there was written by Dave Mustaine and Bud Prager, their manager. Um, and it starts off for just a second with this really mean sounding riff. Like you're about to get something like, wow, the album is shifting gears here. And then it breaks into something that I said, like, it, it sounds like almost uplifting. And, uh, Dave comes in kind of an, he has kind of a dark feel with what he's singing in a way. And again, I think he sounds really good vocally. Um, there's a, uh, I like the chorus in this song. I'll be there for you when you walk through the fire and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a cool drum bit going into the second verse. Um, and this is something that I, um, playing drums that it's funny because of all the, of all the albums to pick something drum based and use it in my own drumming when I drum, 
he, you know, m- most drum fills, like just generic drum fills, start with the snare drum. Da 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 da. And then on this one, he starts with the toms. He goes do da da do da da do da da do da do da. And he like he goes he goes tom snare tom snare snare, and he rolls around at that point. I think that's really, 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 really cool. Um, I've always, always loved that snare roll. I've always thought that was just the coolest because every time I ever did it, no matter what I was playing, I was always think this is a Megadeth roll. <laughs> um. I like the lyrics in this song a lot, the sentiment that he's singing. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I, I haven't read this anywhere on the internet, you know, when I was reading about the album, but I'm pretty sure back then that Dave Mustaine like converted to Christianity and that this song was kind of his, uh, like kind of a statement towards that in a way. Okay. Um, yeah. Cause he says that uh, there's a line, he says in my hour of, this is it. In my hour of need, you were there instead of, no, you're not yeah. there. I thought that was so cool when I was reading that. I never even really thought about it until I was reading it. And when I read it, in my hour of need, I was like, oh, crap, this is cool. <laughs> but he says, you were there always. He said, and now it's time for me to be there for you, too, always. So uh, I think that's a – I really like this song a lot. And I love the bit, and I know you're probably going to say you hate this bit when you say about it in a minute. What makes you say that? Oh, 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 I love it, man. I love, I'm like, Megadeth never has that stuff. And I just think his vocals go really well with all that stuff. Now, could he pull it off live? Maybe not. But, uh, and I don't know how much of this album they really ever played live anyway. I can't imagine they would have played much of this live at all. So I really don't know. But, um, yeah, I like I'll Be There. All right, Matthew, I've kind of set you up for failure here or you know, with a bad start. So what do you think of I'll be there? I'll be there. So you're probably not expecting me to like this one. Um, <laughs> I do like this song, actually. I okay. think this could be my favorite song on this album. Okay. Uh, so I do like the start of this, uh, but I'm wondering how long am I going to enjoy this for? Like I've kind of checked out on sure. some of the other stuff, but no, this is, this is really good. It It's melodic. In a, in a good way, not in a sappy, like mm-hmm. weak sort of way. Yeah. There's a there's a nice drive in the vocal melody, and I think Dave he does some really good jobs here with the chorus and all. It's a nice guitar uh, playing underneath the good. Uh, I was gonna say the guitarist <laughs> underneath the chorus. Sorry. No, I'm a fan of this song. Uh, regardless of everything else I've said on, I think this is a standout. It's very layered musically, and especially towards the end of the song. And I just really enjoy it. Uh, would it be a solid standout track on this? Yep. On anything else? Maybe not, but this is what it's about. I can get past the cheesiness, what you thought you really enjoyed. Uh, yeah. In my hour of need, blah, blah, blah. I get the throwback. It sure. sounded a little forced to me. I just thought it was cool because I, I never even, it never has, I mean, I'm talking today is the first time I ever realized. That's what wow, he what he was saying that I, I didn't realize it was a throwback until until oh, I just didn't? read it. No, ah, I, I literally read okay. it today and I was like, oh, wow, in my hour of need. <laughs> oh, see, I'd always picked up on that and I was like, oh, I can get by because the rest of the song Honestly, is so good. I, I probably never noticed it. I probably just didn't know the lyric there is what it was. So. Yeah. I think the way he delivers it is yeah. what made it stand out for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I just thought this is the benchmark for the album. Okay. I wish everything else could have been as good as this. Like, this is still a very friendly listening or listenable kind of song. Yes. But I think that the way what he's talking about 
and the way in which he delivers it makes it stand out. It makes it seem authentic. Mm-hmm. Whereas that's probably part of my problem with some of these other tracks where they just, they mm-hmm. don't, they just sound contrived to me, but this one, you know, I can believe him getting behind this. And so I like it for those reasons, some good music, some good vocals, and it's a pretty good track. Yeah. We know, uh, we know what, like, we know, like you feel like, you know, Dave based on all of the other albums, all of the other songs, you know, songs like Reckoning Day, you know, I like mm-hmm. the way that I make you itch and all the reasons I give you to, you know. So that's that's really a surprise. I wasn't expecting that. But I figured you were going to say this just sounds like another song that anybody in that time frame could have done. So No, Which because it, there's an authenticness about this song for this, I think. Okay. It, it, doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like it's trying to be a, a radio song or anything like that. Weird. I don't know. Yeah. To me, this could have been a single maybe. Okay. So track number eight is written. This is, and now we're done with the Mustaine and Bud Prager songs. So uh, track number eight written by Dave Mustaine is Wanderlust. Tell us what you think of Wanderlust. Uh, did I tell you that I liked I'll Be There For You? Did You said you liked I'll Be There For You, yeah. But now we're doing Wanderlust. Yes, we're doing Wanderlust now, so go ahead. No, you know what? Actually, I don't mind this song. I think this is pretty good. Uh, I do like the intro to this. and But it's funny. For this song, his I'm an outcast line. Uh-huh. I, I never listened. I'm sorry. never read the lyrics on this before and i i like this it's got a strangeness about the way which he delivers that line and i like it but to me it always sounded like he was saying i'm all out of gas or something to that effect yeah but i'd never taken the time to read the lyrics until i think it was today or maybe yesterday i did it i do like the back and forth the mellowness compared to when it it hits in with a just a heavier vibe going into that chorus and all i like the break and you know the song builds back up again. It goes into a pretty good rock and kind of section near the middle. The solo, mm-hmm. uh, it sounds kind of buried in the mix, but it still sounds mm-hmm. kind of decent. This is one where, like you mentioned, there's not a lot of outstanding guitar where it's up front and, and mm-hmm. yeah. But this one still works okay. 
okay. I did like where everything kind of escalates again in the second half of the song. You know, Dave's telling us that he's an outcast again. Yeah. Well, this time maybe it sounded like he had swamp gas to me. I always had trouble trying to understand what he was saying. <laughs> it's because of his delivery in this. It's a really odd sounding delivery, but I sure. like the oddness about it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this could be about the second, maybe the second strongest track on this album for me so far. So I don't mind it. This one's okay. Okay. Is it more Megadethy sounding? It's not thrash, but it's heavier, and I liked it. So yeah, this one's pretty cool. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I like the intro. You mm-hmm. know, that bow, that whatever the bass and the heavily affected guitar sound thing is, you know, that it, I think it's really cool. It's got a, kind of a down, low beat. Do you do you know what the lyrics are about, though? Have you ever read these lyrics? Because I read them today for the first time, and I had no idea. It's literally about um, like a guy, uh, like a gunslinger from the Old West or something. It reminded me of Bon Jovi wanted dead or alive. That, that could be, I guess. I, I didn't really. I don't even. I, I feel like Dave wouldn't be influenced by that. But I thought lyrically, that's kind of. I didn't have no idea what that's what that's what it was about. So I really. This is a song that I didn't never really know the lyrics to again as well as. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, I'm not a. We I forgot to tell it at the beginning, but we're not Megadeth experts here, Matthew. So, in case fans, anyone thinks we are, so fans, not experts. Someone used to say that. I can't remember. Yes, who it was. yeah. So, um. Yeah, I don't know if I want to quote that guy actually. So, <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, I think I think I know who you're talking about. Oh, that. yeah, yeah. Let's just leave. Let's just move on here. <laughs> okay. Um. So, um, <laughs> I want to say bad stuff now. No, I'm throwing uh, you now, <laughs> Yes. Uh, just like I threw you earlier. Okay. <laughs> let's just move on here because before someone catches on, mm-hmm. uh, the only person that'll probably catch on to that is Kirsty. She probably knows. Um. So, okay, this is written by Dave Mustaine. I like the intro. Um, the verses are interesting because of the, the story they're telling, I guess. Um, the chorus is just kind of okay for me. But Dave is really stretching his vocals, though, mm-hmm. on that, I'm an outcast. Like, he's really pushing. Um, Straining. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I never. That's, he doesn't do that often, so I think it's kind of it's kind of interesting that he did that. I, I have a feeling he would have been in the studio almost fighting that. Like, God, no, I don't want to do this. But it's almost um, the best part of the song for me, actually, to be honest. It's interesting. Yeah, um, I think I like the verses better than the chorus, though. Um, but the second, uh, or I'd say the middle part of the song, where the drums build up and the song gets a lot faster, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. I like that way better than the first part of the song, the first half of the song so far. Um, and you know, and Dave has a little bit of, there's a little bit of aggression in all of it. And then there's that, that, I think there's a part where they're kind of, I'm trying to remember it's like, Oh, kind of where he's singing the Oh, Oh, Oh part, you know, yeah. he's like, Dan. and then there's that down, 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 down. I don't know if it's the guitar line underneath it or whatever, but that's, that's kind of cool. Uh, but then we go back to the, I'm an outcast and I'm not a really huge fan of that whole kind of, I just, I like the faster sped up. You know, to me, that's the best part of the song by far. But then I, the one part that I think is just the the worst part of this song, and I can't believe you didn't mes- mention it. <clears throat> I don't want you to say anything until I'm completely done. Mm-hmm. Wanderlust. The way it ends. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Like he says, Wanderlust. I was like, I wrote all I wrote after that was. Uh, I didn't give it a thought. I just thought it sounded stupid at the very end. I just like, oh yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, on this album, it didn't stand out to me. Okay, so that was um, 
Uh, did you go first on that song or not? Yeah, I think you went first on that one. Okay. I did because you just finished. Yeah, we had a little break in the middle. Yeah, okay. So, okay. <clears throat> we had a little. You threw me off. You threw me for a loop here, so. Her <laughs> fans not expert. <laughs> yeah, I, do you know what? Yeah. We'll leave it alone. It's okay. Yeah, okay. So let's go into the next song here. Let's uh, let's get to bigger and better things here, I guess, maybe. Um, maybe not. Uh, the next song is Ecstasy. You want to play it for us, okay? No, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> so I'm glad you played that bit. I really like it. It's in a. I don't know much about music, but that's. It's not in a happy. It's like in a minor key. Mm-hmm. I really like the way that songs, and I like the way D- Dave is singing through it. And um, and then there's you know there's a little guitar bit behind it where it's like do na 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 where he's singing you know in between the verses. I think it's really really cool sounding. Um. And then you get to the bit where it's the chorus, you know, try to silence, you know, kind of where it stops, try to silence the suspicion and all that. I like that bit too. I think that's pretty cool. Um, and, and, and one thing that I thought as I was listening to this is I was like this, I really like this, but other than Dave's vo- voice, this sounds nothing like Megadeth. No, it's funny you say that. I'll, I'll bring yeah. something up. So I think the lyrics in the song are really cool too. Um, and and then there's a there's a bit with a weird drum sound going on, and Dave is kind of humming the melody, you know, before like before the where it kind of there's a guitar squeal and then it goes back into the chorus. I like I think that's really cool with Dave humming the melody behind it a little bit. So um, yeah, but I like this song pretty well. So I think it's a pretty cool song. So what about you? What do you think of Ecstasy? I wondered, is this supposed to be another bread line? And I just put here, not quite. Uh, There's something about the song uh, going into the first verse. It reminds me of a Bruce song, and I couldn't think what it was. Hmm? Change of heart, not the chorus or anything. There's just like a bit of a vibe or a flavor about Hmm. it. Reminded me of that. Okay. But I can't. I don't know if it's the guitar tones or, or what it is. It just reminds me of it. But by the time you get to the chorus, it's all that's all over and done with. It's its own song. Uh, I put, this song's okay. The chorus is okay. 
it fits in with everything else on this album. <laughs> uh, and I had a note here. I wonder why they called this album Risk. It should have just been called Desperately Safe. To me, that would have made more sense. No, 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 no. Yeah, Desperately yeah, yeah. safe. No, Risk does. You're going mean, to say them being thrash is safe. Yes, exactly. You know, know, them them putting out another Peace Cells or another Rust in Peace is safe. Putting this out is a risk for them, and they got they got a lot of flack for it too. So, mm, I, 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 can... respe- I, I respect it too. I mean, do, is it my favorite Megadeth album? No, but I do. I respect that they did something different. Like you said, it's not what you want from Megadeth. Mm. I, and I remember there being backlash. I, I seem to remember the people that I knew that were into Megadeth were like. This sucks, you know, kind of just because they want rest in peace, Megadeth, or even countdown to extinction, Megadeth. So, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. No, that's okay. I, I mean, I appreciate the evolution of a band, but this is like, oh, this is, this is a triumph. It's almost as far as you can go. Breadline was about when you've hit the wall, but this is close to it as well. None, none of these songs are bad, and that's kind of what the problem is. They're okay, mm-hmm. but and. Someone said before, what's the standard? The standard is whatever the whatever the branding is. So it's a sure. Megadeth song. Is it a good yeah. Megadeth song or is it just a good song? Well, it has to be under the branding. So I'll give it that it's a, a good song, but to me it's just like Megadeth of the 90s. They're just chasing. They just want something bigger for themselves. And I get that. Everyone wants a bigger audience. But there's, this is not the right way to go about it. Um and I just put. I just don't care about this album now. And checked, mm. checked out. Angry, you know, angry Dave. Where did he go? He had a point to prove. Where's he gone? Uh, well, like I said, if if he had that conversion that well I was mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. you know that might have softened him up for this little bit of time. Maybe I don't know. Possibly, yeah, that's a good point. <clears throat> so um, the next song up, uh, let's see, is seven. Seven is written by Dave Mustaine and David Ellison. Tell us about seven. This is interesting. Uh, so I had a note here about I I kind of didn't mind the riff just before the chorus. I put this is decently mediocre, and then for the chorus, uh, I don't know. This when I think about it, the song does nothing. I had a note. It just wants to reach the dizzying heights of mediocrity. I don't <laughs> care for this song. Uh, but interestingly enough, uh, I had a note. Did Dave and Marty come in for this and make a cameo? 
with some of the guitar work in this because I kind of didn't mind it. Um, yeah. There is a, a little time change. I was like, oh, this is kind of okay. It's something unusual. It's not just, for want of another term, like paint by numbers, mm-hmm. commercial rock. So it yeah. did do something nice in this. <laughs> Uh, but then I also wondered, am I just so fatigued by this album that I'm clutching to say something nice about it at all? And I don't know. I, that's probably being a little bit harder. I, I think I don't mind it. Um, and I'm starting to wonder what other people were thinking. Like, in today's audience listening to this album, what do they think of it here and now? I was like, I don't really care. I, the only reason I've listened <laughs> to this is because of you. And then I started to think – I went off on a tangent. I was like, Mark and, and – um, Steve and Kirsty, they all got to listen to So Far So Good, So What? And I got this rubbish. That's- well, let me, first of all, you were invited to talk to us, but you were out of town. I was <laughs> you out of town. You were not available. You And you probably still listened to So Far So Good, So What, I would think, but. I did. Okay, so there you go. And I will. You know, you, you know what? One mm-hmm. week when you when you were not here, Kirsty and me both had to listen to the absolute piece of garbage called Tattooed Millionaire. So I don't feel sorry for you at all. <laughs> Are you being a I'm bully sorry. to me? Is this why people call you a bully? <laughs> Tattooed, you know, my wife's been calling me a bully lately too. <laughs> and I don't think Tattooed Millionaire is total garbage, but I think about about three fourths of the album is. So yeah, you anyway. know, we won't go there though. Yeah, we won't we won't say anything to upset anybody here. I'm not trying to either. I'm just but Kirsty has said that to me before. She goes, she goes, <laughs> so Matt was on with you and he gets to do Rust in Peace. I had to do Tattooed Millionaire. She told me that privately, and I'm like, I know I'm a horrible person. <laughs> but the flip side of that is that she also got to do Blaze. True, true, true. So, yeah, fair call okay. <clears throat> so I guess you're done with seven. Yeah, I don't want to hear that anymore. Okay, okay. So so here's me talking about Seven. I, I don't like the guitar intro. Oh. I don't like the verses. I don't like the pre-chorus. Oh. I don't like the chorus. Oh. I think the lyrics in the song are cool. Like I read through the lyrics. They're kind of cool lyrics. And then, as you said, and, and I wanted to say this a second ago, you said it. It's quite a problem when you're listening to a Megadeth album. <laughs> and it's it's a big surprise that you get two guitar solos in a row. Yeah, that's a problem. But I did notice because I was like, wow, here's a noticeable guitar solo. And I was like, uh-huh. whoa, and another one behind it. OK, cool. So I like I'm not trying to, you know, just say something good because I think the song sucks. But I was like, that's cool. And, the, and, the, and there were decent solos. I was like, this is kind of cool. Um, There's a bit where he kind of names the seven deadly sins and has a little and that's kind of a cool little bit. Yeah. But other than that, I think this song sucks. Oh, so uh, this is is this the worst song for you so far then? This is absolutely the worst song oh, for me. Yeah. Because we're so pretty far I, in. Yeah, we're pretty far in. So let's 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 um let's leave seven behind. So uh and let's let's go to uh and this is I guess we'll count these as two separate songs because the first one's about three and a half minutes and the second one's about almost three, I think. It's so like it's five it, minutes in total, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's time the beginning and time the end, but because they broke the tracks up, then I'll go ahead and if we want to classify it as one, we can, but I, I kind of, uh, I ranked them as two because I was just like, yeah, uh, I did I that. so this is also written. Golly, this, not this <laughs> is written by Dave Mustaine and David Ellison. Again, uh, the second of two tracks that they wrote together. It's funny because the second half was written by Mustaine by himself, 
maybe that's why it got two separate uh, tracks on there. fade in that this song has and i think dave sounds awesome the music the, the like the acoustic guitar thing that they're doing with the little good it, it, it's i think it sounds really cool it's got a dark feel to it i mm. don't like the way the drums sound when they come in i don't know what they were going for with that sound i have it's, it's really strange because the drums sound pretty good throughout the rest of the album um on this song though uh, for being in the half of another song. I like the verses. I like the pre-chorus. I like the chorus. It's a nice, lighter sounding song with a dark feel. And the lyrics are really cool. Um, I wrote down a couple of them and I like there's, um, he said, I can't get any younger. Time has brutal hunger. I was like, that's badass. That's a really cool line. Time has brutal hunger. That's pretty neat. Um, and then he said, uh, I can't run forever. Time waits for no one. And to the end of this song, he says, not even me. And I think that's, there's some really, Dave has never really been a bad lyricist. He's always got pretty interesting lyrics. So, um, but I, I like this pretty good. So uh, what do you think of it? You know, I don't mind this one. I was like, it's, it's okay. And when I say, okay, it means it's probably decent. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I do like the melancholy about this, but then yeah. I also wondered, is it because of the way the rest of the album has brought me down? And it's just, I'm kind of vibing with, with what's happening here. But Wait a I, minute. You uh, got that. I think you're taking a page out of Wayne's book because he was talking about how, you know, how Fear of the Dark sucks as an album. And then he oh, was saying, do you know, what? I never even thought of that because he said, do we think that Fear of the Dark is really good because the rest of the album is just so bad? Well, hang on. Can a can an album really have that happen? Can one song bring an album uh, bring the album up if it's good? We'll take it down if it's bad. Someone so what else? Get, so what do you think of that? the rest of this album? We're not going there. Where do you uh, think of the album here? We'll we'll uh, leave that we'll leave that to people that want to. Uh, I was run, run things. So go ahead. Going anywhere with that? That's a lot of stuff. Go ahead. Go ahead, Matthew. Uh, so no, I don't mind it. Like you touched on some of his um, 
his lyrics and all. And I, I like the guitar in this. It adds some atmosphere to this song. And mm-hmm. It's pretty decent. As short as what it is, I don't know, it, it goes okay. Um, but thanks, Dave, for telling me that even time won't wait for him, of all people. Yeah. And I, you're right, though. I didn't mention that about the guitar. There's just nice little tasty guitar mm-hmm. lead licks yep. in there. Just just not a ton of them, but, man, it's you're right. It's it works, really, works for the song. It Let's feels, less it is feels right. It yeah. feels like a Megadeth, soft Megadeth song because those guitar lines just uh, – maybe it doesn't feel like a Megadeth song, but those guitar lines are nice, though. Good song. Little lead licks, so – so that leads us to the last song, the last uh, official track on the album, which is we had Time the Beginning and now we have Time the End, which was written by Dave Mustaine by himself. Matthew, tell I, us what you think about it. I didn't realize that this was two different tracks. When I was listening through to this, because I don't look at the song titles for the most part, uh, I would just think that there was a dramatic pause in the middle of the song and then sure. – that guitar riff kicks in. Well, I just thought that was a cool little aspect of it. And then I was yeah. like, oh, okay, this is two tracks. Sure. Um, but no, I like it. I just thought it was a standalone, a standalone track. I liked it. If it was part two of second part of the song, I would still like it. Day's pretty decent. There's some good, clean sounding guitar in this. And it's not mega of all by any stretch, but yeah. it's good. And I, I thought it was funny. So when I looked up the cor- the Cronus <clears throat> reference, do you know who Cronus was? Yes, he was the son of Uranus. <laughs> well, I, actually, that's not where I was going, but yeah, that's, uh, interesting. That <laughs> I, I, I was looking it up because I figured Cronus was supposed to be the uh, timekeeper for the world or something, but I never could find anything like that. Yeah. So I'd read something. I did this just before I'd come down to talk tonight. And so Cronus was – the sun, like you said, um, Uranus, and I think that was heaven, and I forget if it was Gaia or something, was Earth. That's his mother and his father. So the heaven yeah. and Earth are his parents. And on his mother's advice, he castrated cast, his Yes, with a harp. <laughs> castrated his father with a harp, thus separating heaven from Earth. Yeah, and I read I, that. That was interesting. I thought, how very fitting that that is. Because that's exactly what I think of this album. Mm. That they're castrated, and it was just funny. I thought that during the week, <laughs> and then I read on that tonight. So you know, but I guess with before I say anything about this song, you, saying that they feel castrated, it was. But I don't think I think they just did this because they were going for something different. It wasn't like they were, you know, what if anything they castrated themselves. True. You know, yeah. The guitarist who I will no longer say his name because he doesn't want to be associated huh. with Megadeth is was a and I think that was a big part of it because I think Dave was uh, I think Dave was trying to appease him. He, yeah, I read that that was exactly the fact to try and keep yeah. him around or whatever. But obviously that hurt them. The, my yeah. whole problem is none of these songs suck, like I say, but yeah. they're just I don't know. Not great either. Yeah, this is not what I. I don't have to hear full-on thrash from Megadeth. I could enjoy stuff from um, Euthanasia. Actually, no, for the most part, Euthanasia and Countdown. But this just feels like a blatant attempt for commerciality. It just doesn't work for me. I I do like this last song. I I do like the way the the album closes. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I I do too. I like – and really, this could have been one song. They could have just left it. But I feel like because of the extra writing credit, yeah, because yeah. That's why it's a separate song. But I love that that heavy riff to start, and then the cool. drums come in hard. Ba, da, 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 and then the icy Kronos, his eyes are like fire. 
Uh, he holds my he holds my life, and I feel my time expire. That's pretty. That's really cool, man. And the way Dave he is, sounds, delivering yeah, that good. Sounds good. And then that riff, that that riff that just keeps playing. Oh, that's a great riff. I, I love that. Um, and I think I think Dave sounds really good in the verses. Uh, I really like the way he sounds there too. But yeah, I like this song. I think it's a good album closing song. I think even if it was all one song together, I think it would be a it would even be a better song if it was if all it was one. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, if it's all lumped into one. So, but yeah, so I think overall, um, my biggest takeaway from this album, outside of the fact that you know just the change of their sound in general, is it's so different is because the guitars leave so much to be desired. There's literally one song where I really noticed real guitar solos and they weren't real long, but they were real noticeable. And it's a one song on a, I mean, and Dave, I mean, I don't think this is a stretch to say at all. He's a, he's a virtuoso. Dave Mustaine is. Mm -hmm. And of course the other guitar player who shall not be named was pretty much a virtuoso as well. You know, so it's, it's, that's my, that was my biggest takeaway. You know, obviously it's so different than, I mean, it was very, you know, there, there's stuff on cryptic writings that really could have fit on this album too. I think, um, you know, something like I've seen the man use the needle or whatever. Oh, see, I didn't get that vibe at all. I get a very different vibe from that album to this. Well, they're obviously going for a certain amount of commercialism on this Mm -hmm. one, but, but I think it it was not a stretch to go from that to this. I could drop it in there, maybe. So, So I guess the last thing we'll do here. Well, before you do that, okay. so were you keeping up with Megadeth all through the 90s till this point? Um, Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I saw them on the Cryptic Writings tour, I'm quite sure. Hmm. And so I would have. Yeah, because I kept up with everything. You know, they did Countdown. Let's see. They did Countdown, Euthanasia. And then Cryptic Writings was next, right? Is that right? Yeah, I believe that's the correct order. Am I yeah. right? I feel like I'm missing one. No, I think there was only so. Rest in peace. Rest in Euthanasia. peace. In Asia. Uh, Here, oh, hang, yeah, countdown. Countdown. Yeah, I said countdown. Cryptic. And then risk. Here. That'd be five albums of the nineties. Here, I'll do. I'll, I'll got it right here in front of me. I'll go right. Oh, here. I got the three. gems. Was it hidden gems or something? There was like I, I'm, not count, I'm not counting anything like that. Uh, okay, let's see here. They had they had rest in peace. Countdown. Um, euthanasia. Uh, yeah, Hidden Treasures came out. Yeah, Cryptic Writings was the next one, and then uh, and then Risk was after that. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I pretty much kept up with them. I mean, um, I think I might have been fading after Cryptic Writings because, like I said, that was a lot to me. That album was a lot weaker. Oh, maybe, okay. maybe we'll talk about that one of these days and uh, go into it a lot more. That's, it's not a, that's that's another one that I, that I do not really return to. When I yeah. a few weeks back, when I listened to, you know, everything from Peace to euthanasia i stopped because i didn't want to listen to cryptic crimes so well that's that's what i wanted to find out because this is where i stopped um getting yeah any new megadeth so i was alienated at this point i didn't mind listening to it back in the day mm-hmm. but it wasn't what i wanted to hear anymore and i didn't buy another album of theirs so i don't anything after 2000 mm-hmm. i don't know until um until dystopia that yeah, was the last, the last thing i'd bought and that you know was, what no, no, no. I did. I did continue with them because I bought the next album. I think the system has failed. I think it was the next one. Yeah. No, no, no. The world needs a hero was the next one. 
because I remember that had a song called Promises on it or something, and, and mm-hmm. it was kind of a real ballady, wimpy sounding song, which was kind of weird by them. This song, this album, everything fits that kind of fits where like you hear it. Nothing on here really feels out of place to me for this album. Exactly. Yeah. It's a little sad. But, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're not getting into uh, that other album. So let's just, uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I did keep up cause I did, cause I saw the, um, the world needs a hero. I saw that tour. I remember seeing that tour. So, well, the consequences of me is I got off the train on this one. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> So let's see what you're going to do here. Now, this is what I really, I'm really interested to hear this now because, because you have a glowing love of this album. So I'm really interested. To <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, <I> mean, exactly. <laughs> yeah. D- define glowing love, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, maybe, maybe the kind of glowing love they're talking about when they say she's got the Jack. <laughs> well, if you know what I mean, I won't say anymore. Um, if you know, you know. So um, let's go through here, Matthew. And um, can you tell everybody that's listening, maybe this is their first time to hear the podcast, how we're going to rank these songs. Council order. And why do we use council order? Tell so us. We don't, so we don't get in trouble. With? Because the good counselor. Yes. He uh, he came down on us one mm-hmm. day. We did, we did the wrong thing. We did the wrong thing once. And he made sure that we never forgot. Yeah. We won't do that again. So we're going to do our least favorite, or in this case, it could be worse. What's the most rubbish on this album? So what yeah. we like the most or what we think is our favorite track. Yeah. Yeah. We almost had to go into political asylum that one time whenever, <laughs> whenever he got onto us. So we don't yes. want to do that again. We don't want to upset the counselor. Um, you know, uh, the, you know, we know that Dave Mustaine once upset people in Northern Ireland, and we don't want to do the same. We don't want to. No, we don't. No, we don't no. want no anarchy going on around here. So, no, no. so let's let's get into this here. So, um, I tell you what, Matthew, let's start. We're, we're going to do eleven instead of twelve. Like I said, we're going to go enter the arena and crush them as one song. Um, so, what would you have at number eleven, Matthew? I would go with my number eleven to be crush them. Just it's a sellout song to me. I don't want to hear that again. Rubbish. Sellout or not, I can't believe that, man. You're gonna, you're not gonna like my list. Um, <laughs> I don't think anyone's gonna like mine. I don't, I don't think you're gonna have any problem guessing what my number eleven's gonna be. Well, the I would because ab- I, I thought it was gonna be crushing. Same no, as mine. it's the, it's the absolute most garbage song on the album. Seven. Oh, okay. Seven is the one song. I just. I like I like a little bit of it. Just just it's just not like that is a song that if I'm listening to this album, that is the one song that I will skip. So um, I didn't skip it this week any of the times I listen. So but after this, I won't be reviewing it so I can go ahead and skip it if I want. So what about you for number 10, Matthew? My no, I just had a thought. Um, oh man, I'm, you're gonna really be you're, okay. Go ahead, go ahead. Go I know because I'm worried that there's a certain yeah. Uh, yeah. taskmaster, so to speak, who this is his favorite thrush band, and I'm gonna bag most of these tracks. It's okay. You've already uh, done that. You've already done that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he knows. You'll be in detention next week. There you no. go. Uh, Breadline, more rubbish. I don't want to hear it again either. Wow, Matt, our lists are gonna be different. Um, yeah. So for me, I have a. <laughs> we might we might be swapping i have a feeling that where i have breadline is probably where you have this song uh my number 10 is wanderlust oh is that right uh, okay interesting <laughs> didn't see yeah. that coming yeah <laughs> so, so you what are you an outcast yeah yeah i got wanderlust 
deeper than my bonus. I mean, what do you got at number uh, nine? Uh, number nine, ecstasy. There it is. Okay. We're, we're moving up slightly, but yeah, it's yeah. marginal. Yeah, I think every, I really like the album. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm one of the few that I've never really heard bag it, like just 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 talk crap about it a lot. I mean, I've known plenty of people that were mega fans and they'll, you know, that just don't like Risk at all. And I just I'm I'm not one of those. I I took it for what it was, you know, and and like I said, I stayed with them. I even went to the next album, you know, because and thankfully when they did the next album, the guitarist who shall not be named left the band because I don't huh. want to be a heavy metal guitar player anymore. But it's I'll funny. Go play, I'll go play crap music in Japan. You just you made an interesting comment just then about uh, people that are bagging on it, and I'm wondering if the reason that I liked this at the time, mm-hmm. like I know that Megadeth was a big band, you know, going yeah. back in, moving into the '90s and all, um, but I was never a big Megadeth fan. Like I did like so far so good, so what? I was kind of like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I was a little indifferent to Rust in Peace. I had some mm. two great songs on it. Then mm-hmm. after that. Uh, I didn't care, but I've more than come around on that. <laughs> so it was this wasn't polarizing to me back then. I just thought, oh, this is okay. It's not bad for what it is. It, you obviously weren't a big fan then. Exactly, because it wasn't, oh, this is not Megadeth. It's like, yeah. oh, this, this is all right for what it is. Sure. I was that's what I, That's the way I took it, because I'm just like, hey, it's it's Megadeth. It's different. I didn't love it. You know, it wasn't yeah. like, oh, man, I'm going to play this over Rest in Peace or something, but. But I enjoyed stuff like, you know, a toot Lamond and stuff like that too, that they had done yeah, it was softer. Yeah. So okay, so for me, my number nine is uh I figure this will be somewhere low for you too, but uh the doctor is calling is my number nine. That's your number nine? Uh, okay. Yeah. So I am at seven. This is but my number eight. Your number eight is seven? Yeah, my number sorry, my number eight is seven. Is the song called seven, okay. It is. And the only reason it got to seven is because they put a little bit of extra uh, guitar source in there for me. Yeah. That, the that I would rather hear a good song without guitar solos than hear a garbage song with guitar solos. I'm, I'm trying to be nice. You know what? I've never written a song as good as seven. Let me just leave that out there for anybody that really likes that song. So um, my number eight, Matthew, mm-hmm. this might surprise you. Because this started my list a lot higher. At one time, this was number one on my list. <laughs> and it made it all the way down to number eight. But I think you'll understand why it was number one, Matthew. Yeah. It was the first track from the album, Insomnia. So it had to start somewhere. It, so, well, yeah. so before was, anything else got on here, it was there. It was one it actually. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it was higher up. Like, it, and as I kind of worked through the album a couple, you know, I just kind of was like, eh. And I just, like I said, I, I do these lists kind of at the last minute. I don't, none of this is in stone. I might feel a little differently tomorrow, but this is, you know, you said that, and you've said it multiple times, and you don't need to repeat it again, but you said there's no, there's none of these songs are terrible, but none of them are great either. So, yeah. and I, and I can kind of understand that. So, they're enjoyable for me to listen to, but it's like you said, it's nothing that you're going to just, oh, I got to go listen to Insomnia. So, so okay, what is your number seven? I don't mean the song seven, but what is your number seven on this list? My number seven this time is Time, the Beginning. Time, the Beginning. Okay, okay. The, the first part, yep. Okay. My number seven is... I don't think you've said this one yet. I think uh, Ecstasy is my number seven. 
Yeah, I said that. That was my okay. number, I don't know, a few tracks ago. Okay. I'm, I'm not writing anything down here, so. Okay. So uh, um, what is your number six? My number six is time, the end this time. Okay. So you had the beginning, you had the end one spot higher than the end. Okay. I did. I, I, did, I don't mind the second half of that. And it's mostly because of that opening crunchy roof. I was like, oh, this sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I know you're going to love my six, my number six, Matthew. Mm-hmm. My number six is enter the arena slash oh, crush them. Crush. <laughs> like I said, I don't hate it. Um, and, and some of these songs I could like probably ecstasy. I could possibly have moved up one higher. So, and put it over that, but you know, like I said, these are all, you know, no one's going to, I don't think Dave Mustaine's going to be listening to this and calling me up and not liking my opinion. <laughs> I think he's expressed probably some of the same sentiments you have. So, Maybe. so, okay. That leads us to number, now we're in the top five. This is where the, this is where the really good songs are coming in for me. Um, but nah, I think from number probably seven up, maybe eight, not seven up, not the drink, but okay. Number five, Matthew, <laughs> what is your number five? My doctor five. Uh, sorry, my doctor five. My number five is the doctor. I was looking at the word doctor when I was uh, reading that out. The doctor is calling. At number five. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, I think you're going to be a little surprised when you hear what my number five is. Mm-hmm. My number five is time. The end. Mm, okay. And that was one that moved down a little bit because originally I had the beginning lower than the end. But I decided at the last minute to, to to swap them. So, oops, I just gave away my number four. What is your number four, Matthew? I just said my number four is time the beginning. What is your number four? Uh, my number four is insomnia, 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 insomnia. Downing, downing. It was a good, like you said, it was a good number one until it's I heard another song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay, um, you said your number four. I said my number four already. What is your number three, Matthew? Hang on, what was your number four again? My number four was Time, time the Beginning. Time the oh, the Beginning, sorry. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, number three. Uh, oh, it was Dave's Get It On song with the Prince of Darkness. Oh. <laughs> At the end. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't call little... it that. I would say he's just, you know, the Prince of know. Darkness is getting the best of him. So. He was pretty aggressive. Not the way you're talking about, so quit it. This is a G-rated podcast. Hey, you know what? I can't help the way you interpret things. I don't know what you're thinking. Uh, well, you said the words. I didn't say those words. So well, I, can't, okay. I, can't deny, I can't deny that because I'm not a liar. I'm about to name your number one, Matthew. I have a feeling. Don't, mm. don't give it away, though, if I say I'm it. Going to, I'm not going to. My number three is a song I really like a lot. It's I'll Be There For You. Oh, yeah. I can't dispute that. Yeah, that's a good one. And so your number, now we're getting down to the real nitty gritty here. What's your number two, Matthew? Well, you thought you knew it, didn't you? I think I'm just, uh, but you have to say it. I didn't take a stab and I'll tell you if you're right. I don't remember what else you've named. Uh, Let me see here. Um, I'm going to guess. I'll help you. There's two that I haven't named yet. Yeah, I know, but I can't remember which (laughs) one. Uh, Okay. I'm going to say that your number two. No, you already said that. Uh, you already s- oh your number two is Wanderlust. Oh, Uncle Steve's got his own show for a reason. Yep, <laughs> Wanderlust because I'm an yeah. outcast. So so Matt, that leaves your number one to be. I'll be there for me. I'll be there for you. 
in my hour of need. Come on, oh, did you drop a bottle? I did. I was uh, I was shocked when you got it right, and I just lost my stuff. <laughs> you were needing a stiff drink, huh? <laughs> yeah, just filled up on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, my number two, and I told you you'd be pretty shocked about this, and I think that I pre- – Matt, I predicted this. Mm-hmm. I said you're where you have – your number 10, I will have my is where I'll have my number two and vice versa. Your number oh. 10 was Breadline. My number two is Breadline. And my number 10 was Wanderlust. Your number 10 was Breadline, right? There you go. Oh, that's that. a bit of a difference. So we had something in common, just the exact opposite. So we did. Okay. So that leaves my number one, though, to be Prince of Darkness. I, I've, that's one song that I've always thought held up pretty good. So I know you didn't like it as much as I do, but well, I, I, three. I think lyrically. Yeah. And lyrically it's just a really, really cool song too. So, but I think Matthew, I think mm-hmm. that about sums it up. I mean, I think we've pleased the counselor. We've pleased. Uh, yeah. I don't know if, if, if we might've pleased again on this. I d- I'm pretty certain. Uh, I haven't pleased anyone at all. Although might, you know what? to be fair to me, I think maybe I am. Um... I think you're going to have the popular opinion on this one more. So Do you? Yeah. I was thinking I was, I'd probably get a lot of hate, but now I think about it. I don't think I would. I don't think you will. And I'll be honest. I don't even know if, you know, there might only be seven or eight people that'll listen to this episode because there might only be seven or eight people who know what I, all these songs are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? But you know what? There's going to be people. And if, if, if they get through all of this and they still want to go listen to this album, I say go listen to this album. You may like what you hear. You're gonna pro- you've already heard some of the clips anyway, so that'll probably be enough. The clips will be enough, I think. So clips will be enough to let anybody know if they want to hear it or not. So, but um, Matthew, I think with all of that said, that um, we're done here. So I say on behalf of myself, on behalf of the flip flop thong horseshite guru Matthew in Kansas City. On behalf of Dave, Vic Rattlehead, and the rest of the gang, crush him. <laughs> but not you, guitar player, who will no longer be named on this podcast. He's not worthy. <laughs> he was, but not anymore. Not anymore. <sighs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> Stop. Don't do that part. I was just like the... <laughs>
y'all, if I interrupt y'all, if it was someone I didn't know. You hear that? You hear that, Matt? Yeah, I, I do hear that. Well, it's not like it's a new person. Yeah, you're not the new person, Matt. You're just old hat. Well, there you go. Or old Matt. <laughs> nice. You have anything to say about that, Matt? For me to realize? No, it's just Sarah. It's not like she's new. Not like it's a new addition to the family, it's like old. Halo. I'm not going to comment on that. It's just Sarah. It's not like she's new. It's not like she's a new addition like Halo. Her name is not Halo anymore, by the it's way. Meow. It's Meow. 